0: Hello and welcome to For and Against, where we look at the big issues off the field of play in sport, where we take sport seriously, at least sometimes. It's Paul Roach with you here in the driver's seat, and alongside me, in a figurative kind of sense, is Stephen Riley. G'day, Riles. Hello, Paul. Hello, everybody. Now, just a quick Jono update. Uh, At his request, we have granted Simon special leave to not appear on For and Against, while he attends to what? some trifling matter, oh, come on, Stephen. You were part of the what? approval process know here, weren't this? you? What, th-
1: th- th- why wasn't I consulted? Uh,
0: okay, I unilaterally <laughs> oh. granted Simon special leave to not appear on for and against. Uh, he's got some trifling matter that apparently is going to take many months. Uh, so we are hoping to have him back in the new financial year. Uh, he hasn't sort of, um, you know, he hasn't checked out, but not left like Gilly or Bear. But uh, yeah, so but John sends his apologies for next a few months. But Stevo, it's quality, not quantity. And here we are.
1: Here, here. Just you and me. Absolutely. No question. Count
0: me up on this particular show. We'll be looking at the recently announced Enhanced Games and all the scary stuff that goes along with that. Also, the Super Bowl, and therefore Tay-Tay, Apple's latest foray into the world of sport, and Sports Integrity Australia overstepping the mark for mine in the latest footy drug scandal. And of course, speaking of, we'll wrap up the show with Red Card, Yellow Card, where we enjoy poking fun at athletes and sporting types who've done something silly off the field of play uh, and would like it forgotten, but it's our job to bring it back into the spotlight. And if you spot uh, something that might qualify for a nomination on Red Card, Yellow Card on social media, please send it with this hashtag RCYC, get it, Red Card, Yellow Card. Uh, And we'll have a look and uh, see if it doesn't qualify for an appearance on the show. uh, I mentioned the socials. You can find us on social media on x slash Twitter at for and against underscore. And on Insta, when we get around to it, for dot and dot against. However, let's get into the show. And so the world has come to this. The dam has finally burst. We have finally officially given in to doping in sport. Uh, or at least Peter Thiel of PayPal fame and a few other pals have, creating what they are calling, in a beautiful deployment of euphemism for mine, the Enhanced Games. Uh, I think the Frankenstein Games is more like it. Uh, But Steve, it should come as no surprise to listeners of For and Against, or indeed was it on version 1.0 of this show, more than just a game, uh, that one of us first foresaw this happening. That is, the drug-enhanced athletes performing against each other it's all systems go shoot up what you want
1: this this is true it's honestly 10 years ahead of its time we were again I'm going to give credit I think to this one to David Bear Gill who uh who said well why not why not if the fastest man in the world is the fastest man in the world you know that's some of them have different training uh, facilities. Some of them have have different mm. diets. Some. So his view over a decade ago was that this that there was a way to make this happen. I think. So so Dave, as usual, ahead of his time. Mm. For and against, as usual, ahead yeah. of our time. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. <laughs> However, point of order with the way you described it as the doping games. They're calling it the enhanced games. Didn't use
0: the doping for games. For a but go on, yeah.
1: Yeah, well, you said doping enhanced. They, they don't have okay. doping in the title. True, 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 yeah. true. And and what they're trying to get at is is well, it gets quite philosophical and uh, uh, political at, at when you get to a degree. Is they're all about personal choice. And and I suppose if you take it far enough, what I said before about people taking different levels of vitamins or having different you know uh, training facilities or different legal. Uh, legally allowed Mm -hmm. I don't know what you'd call them stimulants or whatever they're saying it's all on and and they do say that uh, they're going to do it in a healthy way. Oh I'm
0: sure they do. Isn't that beautiful
1: (laughs) I did read that somewhere
0: uh, look, I think that, I mean, Dave, you remind me of of the of when Dave did talk about it because he did make that very good point that, well, some athletes have access to better training and nutrition and so forth, just to repeat what, what you've said. But this is obviously a bit of a step change to all that because the, you know, IOC and, and other organizations like it, WADA, et cetera, can sort of defi- pre-define, okay, well, these are the things that are acceptable and here's a whole list of things that aren't. And what the Enhanced Games enhanced games are saying is, there's no list of things that aren't acceptable. Go for your life. So what it's embracing is what has been one of the great arguments for not allowing drugs in sport is that by competing in this enhanced games, it compels participants to take drugs. So if you want a level playing field in going into this as an athlete, if that's the right term, which let's keep calling them athletes, in the enhanced games, you are compelled to put stuff in your body. Stuff that is, logical conclusion, is not allowed in other competition today. And there's many reasons they're not allowed in competition today, one of which is potential athlete safety.
1: But they're putting stuff in their body already. Yeah. but Sometimes it's protein and amino acids and whatever it is. They're putting stuff in their body all the time. Yeah,
0: but that's stuff that goes into your body naturally. You eat a bit of red meat and there goes a whole lot of protein, right? These are, in many cases, yeah, no, I don't know that. In some cases, synthetic materials that enhance the growth of muscle or the recovery process or, or what have you so yeah look um, you are
1: right I mean there, there there are things that have been chosen to be left out and and they're saying well no let's let's go for it there's a there is a slightly cynical view on their side as well on their official website they say that 44 percent of Olympians yeah you know, the old-fashioned ones that that you're talking about 44 percent of Olympians have used enhancements in the past year.
0: Well, what sort of enhancements are they, dear enhanced games people? Are they, you know, eating a nice, juicy apple or a slab of red meat that happened to not fit nicely into an appropriate nutrition program? Or are they suggesting 44% of athletes are doing something illegal under the current structure? I suspect it's not the latter.
1: No, it, it, they actually claim it's the latter, that there was a 2011 WADA Commission study which granted uh, anonymity to respondents, which found that 44% of WADA-compliant elite athletes had used banned supplements in the past year. Okay. Now, That's now I don't know what the sample was from. I don't know if mm. it was just Russian athletes. No offence. Um, maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe a little offence. <laughs> but I don't know the sample. But, you know, they, they've clearly decided that, well, if and this this was, if you remember, Ah, uh, this was the great Lance Armstrong defense. Well, oh, yeah. everybody's doing it. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, okay. I look forward to Lance
0: getting pulling on the the uh, the tight lycra again and jumping on the bike and showing us that uh, in fact he's he still got it. Because hey, everyone's going to be allowed to do it, Lance. And yeah, be- but it would be old.
1: Yeah, I think. Look, I I I, I sound like I'm in favourite. I'm I'm actually not. But I think the argument is sound that the fastest man in the world is the fastest man in the world. If he is doped up to the eyelids i don't think it's a good role model i don't think people will enjoy watching it but the fastest man in the world is the fastest man in the world yeah
0: well what if the fastest man in the world is on a got a jetpack on he's not
1: the fastest man in the world he's he's the fastest man with a jetpack
0: okay well uh, we're going to get down a rabbit hole here but i'll I'll, we're not really This this is
1: pretty clear ben johnson was the fastest man in the world because he was uh, okay. doped up okay. and looked like the Incredible Hulk. Uh,
0: okay, fair enough. So um, I just want to back, well, on this point, and you said something about a minute ago that that, that made me think of this, I think that dan- there is a danger that this will be a dud, because a danger from a commercial point of view for the people who invest, and I'll come to that in a sec, actually, um, because what you're going to have is has-beens, Participating in this, and maybe a few current athletes who see an escape hatch from their nefarious ways that they're currently participating in normal athletic endeavours, but doping, and they're they you know scared of getting caught. Um, but by and large, this is going to be the maybe Lance Armstrongs, certainly the James Magnusons of the world, who are past their prime, who have been uh, lured to this by a lot of money, who got nothing to lose. And there's a very real possibility for mine that these people, because they're actually past it naturally as an athlete, won't be able to be the fastest man or woman in the world. They will be doing better, presumably, than what they would otherwise have done. But the James Magnusons of the world, I'd be very surprised if, doesn't matter what you stuff into their body, uh, they're actually going to be the fastest person in the world. So if this is what they're atten- att- attempting to be, which. Surely, is the whole idea? Hey, guys, we're just going to plug more drugs and science into a human body, and it'll far and away outperform the unenhanced human body. If that's what they're trying to demonstrate or show, or that's their hook or that's their reason to come and watch, well, I don't think they're going to achieve that. It's going to be a bunch of has-beens on drugs.
1: Well, <laughs> so I think you're probably right about the first one. I think, and I hope you're right that that's that the first one does it in, and we don't see it again. But at the same time. I do think that if you play a long game on this and you think about the second one and the third one, you're gonna find a couple of sports where it might be a bit more natural for the the very enhanced competitors. So if you think of bodybuilding, Mm. if you think of and and therefore, you know, and stretch it out to weightlifting, Mm. the ability to lift, you know, a world record you can see how that will work with someone yep. who is, yep. and Juiced I'm just up. doing my best here, enhanced. <laughs> um, it's it's a beautiful word, isn't it? So so innocent, so playful, and, enhanced. And if someone breaks that world record, then all of a sudden someone's going to say, you know that 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 pithy little weightlifting record achieved by the so-called unenhanced person at the Olympics? That got beaten by, you know, 50 kilograms, mm. 100 pounds by mm. the enhanced athlete. And so... One of the sports will break through, and then you're going to start to see will some more, and and then I think it's an interesting question about where it goes from there.
0: Well, let's assume it gets off the ground because I mean, apparently it's scheduled for September 2025, which is about 18 months hence as we speak. Um, and I think a lot still needs to happen. That said, they did recently complete a series seed funding round. Uh, presumably those seeds were genetically modified. Uh, lining up <laughs> with Thiel is Christian Angermeyer's Aperion Investment Group, Aperion perhaps. Yeah, Investment
1: he's the biotech, biotech investor, Angermeyer. Yeah, uh, Angermeyer. And Balati Srinivasan, who is, who is really quite a an interesting sort of disrupt, disruptive thought leader. He's He's written a couple of books in the last few years one of which is that the nation state will go away and become the corporate state you know these are things that people have talked about for decades (laughs) but you've got some really interesting billionaires who are putting some money behind some of these concepts and trying to make it work um interesting I, i i don't know that it's wise to bet against them paul i'm happy to compete against them in an unenhanced way, but, but they, made, they made billions by placing big bets like this.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, billionaires are pretty notorious for thinking they're pretty expletive, deleted, hot because they're billionaires and think they're very good at everything, and this could just be another case of folly, I suspect. I mean, apparently, Angemeyer, uh, is enthusiastic for the enhanced games. He says it aligns with his pioneering – sorry, he aligns with its pioneering spirit and its mission – Uh, seeing the games, not just about safer and fairer competition, safer, interesting, but as a catalyst for scientific innovation and human progression. So um, that's interesting. I mean, enhance itself, just that that word makes so many assumptions because obviously, well, the theory is it will enhance athletic activity, athletic performance, I should say, Um, but at what other cost. I mean, there's obviously the risk of diminishment of many other aspects or potentially many other aspects of the athlete's uh, being. So, I don't know, it's enhanced in a very narrow kind of way for the benefit of the investors who are seeking a commercial outcome is, is the way I see it.
1: <laughs> well, and and you've made a, your own bet that you don't think it's going to sell. I think that's the interesting thing. Look, I mean, if you go back 10 years, no no one was picking Donald Trump to become the president. Oh, that's okay. talking about it,
0: false equivalence, but yeah. no,
1: I don't think it is. I think it's very similar. You now, you, you know, and So seventy million people apparently voted for for the Donald, and and I think that this sort of sport plays to that sort of personal freedom, uh, okay, um, yeah. sort of argument, and I think that they're going to target. They're going to. Yeah, target that segment of at least the American population. Mm, interesting.
0: Um, what's the bet? This will be hosted in Saudi Arabia. They seem <laughs> they seem to be up for anything sports wise. They're ploughing their petrodollars into sport, uh, all sorts of sport around the world. Except that the problem with this is this supposed games. It'll need to be held somewhere where whatever they're shooting up isn't illegal in that jurisdiction. Ooh, good point. So it needs to be... Well, I've, I'm only going to repeat myself. So, okay, guys, very clever. You can tell the athletes they can do whatever they like, but it, you need to find somewhere where that local, that country or that jurisdiction uh, it, it thinks the same way about you know, anabolic steroids, for example. Maybe, maybe here's, here's an idea, Steve. Maybe they need to build some sort of outpost of civilization on, say, 90 East Ridge <laughs> out in the middle of the ocean.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> now you're talking... <laughs> No, we wouldn't have it there. No way.
0: <laughs> Stephen Stephen Riley, author of novel 90 East Ridge. Have a look. Get a read. You'll love it. Uh, now, I want to know, the other the other element to this, I think, before we, before we let it go, is who will watch it. So, Steve, you just brought it up there. Um, I'm betting that in addition to the, the, the personal freedom types that you mentioned, it'll also be the same people uh, who watch motor racing for the crashes because surely part of the morbid, Interest in this will be: Will people survive? People yeah. who watch it for the heart attacks, yeah. And I'm only half joking there, right? So that's a it's an elevated risk of something going badly wrong with an athlete because they haven't managed their um, enhancement correctly. So yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe it's the UFC yeah. crowd. Maybe that's the that's the that's the crowd that might come along to watch this. I don't well, know.
1: that's the sport that's gone nuts. But uh, I mean, another way to think of it might be you know for those people who are trying to break the, the world land speed record. Mm. You know, they they are putting their life on the line mm. to drive a vehicle faster than ever, and all you need is a little pebble to get in the way of a, a tire. And yep. So so if someone's putting themselves at risk to run the hundred meters in seven seconds, mm. that might be interesting viewing. I, I do think some of it gets a little bit interesting though, with the, the sports that they're looking at, one of one of which is gymnastics and I, t- I sort of struggle a little bit with. Well, the the enhanced here is going to get really interesting. It's going to play with stereotypes. It's going to play with what the the viewer wants to watch. Mm. And I can see mean? how you how the enhancements drive um, more strength and perhaps more height. So maybe it just becomes more more athletic, but. Does it get weird and you start to take drugs for flexibility? You know that you develop some sort of super oxytocin thing to enhance the the, the, the contortionist sort of aspects of of gymnastics. I, I think there's some there's going to be some unintended consequences of this. Oh, you finally realised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Once again, you're a little ahead of me. Once again.
0: And the uh, the top, what the IOC's top program? What's TOP? Um, it's their premier sponsorship level. Um, so the enhanced games will see all sorts of pharmaceutical companies uh, it, it, being major sponsors and so forth. I mean, that would be interesting. Do big pharma get involved in this, and you know, to develop for their R&D purposes, or do they back right away, saying this has nothing to do
1: with us? The, the theory, Peter Thiel's theory is that they will get involved and it will become a little bit like the military-industrial complex that the technologies developed for the army or for space travel will mm. be able to be commercialised and then, um, you know, sold to you and me, Paul, and we can we too can become enhanced.
0: <laughs> the enhanced games, even faster, even stronger, even higher and even more deadly. On to the shootout now, where we cover a few more topics in slightly faster fashion. Uh, Steve, did you take in the Super Bowl uh, recently? You must have, actually, because an extra 8 million people watched compared to the then-record of the previous year, that being 123 mil compared to 115 mil, so well and truly a third of the US and presumably a few people. Actually, no, I think that's the US number. Uh, It's the biggest TV audience since the moon landing, apparently, Uh, which does make me question whether Super Bowl 58 was staged. Did you watch the Super Bowl, Steve?
1: (laughs) I liked your last line. Um, Look, uh, I mean, it was the biggest Super Bowl ever for obvious reasons. Kansas City and San Francisco had played great football all year, and so it was a grudge match from a couple of years ago, rematch. That's why so many people wanted to watch. And 8 million Tay -Tay fans tuned in as well. (laughs) (laughs) You know the, the the Taylor Swift phenomenon at the Kansas City Chiefs games this season was remarkable, mm. just remarkable, and and there's no doubt that it drove uh, a, a huge level of new viewers to the Super Bowl, and and it'll be interesting to see how many of them hang around for 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 the NFL afterwards. Well, uh, Bob Backish, I think is how you might pronounce it, who's the CEO
0: of, um, well, Paramount Global, who owns CBS, who broadcasts the uh, the, the, the game, uh, said of Taylor, she is without doubt incremental to audience on the NFL, which I think is a, a, a fancy corporate sp- speak of saying, yeah, they were the extra eight mil. Can't get away from Tay-Tay. She's dominated our lives here in Australia not that long ago. And telling, too, that she played at the two biggest sports stadiums in the country, being the MCG and... Uh, the Olympic Stadium at Homebush,
1: yeah, yeah, she actually did a, a great job. Uh, they they were describing it, it down here in Melbourne as as three grand finals in a row. Um, it, it was you know quite extraordinary. They were her, her biggest concerts of the entire tour. Um, oh, really? By um, yeah. attendee number? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So ninety six thousand here in the the MCG ones, a little less than at uh, any grand final that features Collingwood or Richmond, but it's you know, still a good effort from uh, from Taylor. I thought uh, there was an interesting comment I thought from American sports fans because there was quite a lot of coverage of, of Taylor Swift and her concerts down here and oh. and a whole lot of aerial footage of, of the MCG, and I, I really quite liked the observation or the question that apparently tantalised uh, American observers who said, "Where's the where? Where are all the cars?" oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you show you show a picture of any big American sports stadium, and it is surrounded by a, just a concrete yep. uh, plateau filled with with cars. And of course, the MCG is surrounded by parkland, mm. and uh, I think it, it probably just went to um, your first. Uh, point about the moon landing that <laughs> Australia doesn't exist Flat Earth <laughs> society you know it doesn't exist it was all made up and you can prove it because no stadium would be like that oh dear
0: alright uh, well we look forward to seeing whether Tay has an influence on NFL numbers next year and indeed the uh, the Super Bowl if Kansas makes it once again if indeed she still has a relationship with Travis because goodness knows she's mined those bad relationships she's had but anyway that's a whole other that's, that's the culture corner moving on here on For and Against uh, look, we always get excited here when one of the Fang companies—that being—I always love this test: Facebook, um, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, and Google. Yes, I got it again. It's, two it's in good, a row. you know.
1: But we've moved on. Yeah, It's no, now Meta- the Magnificent Seven. So well, you're going to have to have a new test next time.
0: Well, that's—they're the tech stocks that are driving the market. But are the extra two, whoever they might be, actually related to you know potentially buying sports rights and broadcasting? Because it's—it's like there's probably a chip maker in there. That uh, makes up the seven. Anyway- There is a chip
1: maker in there. Well
0: done. NVIDIA? Okay,
1: well, we'll, we'll test you later.
0: NVIDIA? Is that the one? Uh, yeah. Anyway, look, either, either either. So this is about Apple. So Apple's one of those five uh, companies. Um, and so, you know, for years now, many pundits have been wondering when and generally not if one or more of those giants are going to deploy the enormous amount of capital they each have in their back pocket- and takes up some sort of you know huge sports rights package to exploit commercially. Now so far it's been sort of jabs and parries, and in fairness now we have a mere paper cut. But it's still interesting. So Apple has released a sports results app, and they made a lot of noise about it. The stuff I'm seeing is not particularly complimentary. Uh, have you had a chance to look at it, Steve-O?
1: Look, I've had a look. Uh, I've I, I got to say I'm I'm not sort of that blown away. But but Apple's yeah, you know, often playing the long game here. The way I think about it, or the way to describe it to uh, to people who haven't seen it, is it's a bit like the um, the Apple Stocks app. Oh, it's yeah. effectively a ticker tape of of sports scores from. I uh, they've only got about a dozen sports there so far. Major League Soccer, which of course Apple has the 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 main rights to, but but the NBA, the NCAA, NHL, uh, Premier League. Um, NRL, yeah, you know, they've got and half a dozen other uh, football leagues. They've really focused hard on football and a few other big American sports.
0: Surely, with the NRL cracking Vegas, uh, that that should be on there <laughs> anytime soon if it isn't already. Surely, <laughs> surely. Peter Valandis going, see, we're better than the AFL. We're on the Apple Sports app. Come, come, <laughs> Peter. It, it, everything matters, mate. Everything matters. Well, we'll see how that unfolds. But um, yeah, another little toe in the water for the the fan companies in sport. Uh, look, I-, I want to address this issue of Joel Smith and his alleged possession and trafficking of illicit drugs. So Joel Smith plays the Melbourne Demons. Uh, the Ds themselves are clearly in the crosshairs of the media, given there's a few party types in their midst. I think uh, Clayton Oliver probably started it all uh, during the course of the 2023 season when he uh, ostensibly went off the rails a little bit. And this whole Joel Smith thing sure adds fuel to the fire. Now, to, to bring people up to speed, Joel was pinged for... Uh, in season you know cocaine use basically, I think it was sort of know, August maybe of 2023. Uh, and now it's become apparent that he's, uh, he's he's being pinged for trafficking and possession. Now this is obviously against the law, this kind of stuff but, but where my gripe comes in is that this charge, if that's the right term, has been leveled at him by Sport Integrity Australia, SIA. Who are they? You might By whom? Yes, exactly. I asked this very question when I saw this article. <laughs> I'm glad you asked, Steve. So the SIA, Sports Integrity Australia, was created as a result of the government response to the Wood Review which you might recall from a couple of years ago was a review into Australia's sports integrity arrangements and safeguarding the integrity of sport. I think, Steve, it, it sort of um, ultimately flows from, you know, the darkest day in Australian sport, where all the heads of sport were lined up maybe yep. about five years ago. And was it someone from the AFP said, you know, there's, things, there's really bad things going on in sport and we either don't know about it or we're, we're glossing over it. And so I think this um, the Wood review was was brought in to do exactly that. So what it's done amongst a whole lot of other things, it's made a bunch of recommendations – uh, and a number of which the government has adopted, and so it's created this Sports Integrity Australia, and a number of, they've sort of rolled up a few other government agencies into the SIA. One of which is ASADA, so everyone will be familiar with the acronym ASADA, the uh, the, the, the drug detecting mob. And I, I feel they've gone too fast because my understanding is: look, I'm fine with uh, with a, 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 an overarching authority, a government agency. Um, uh, you know seeking to determine whether an athlete has taken performance-enhancing stuff. That's fine. But where I'm a bit miffed here is it seems that they are also pursuing athletes who have are in possession and who are indeed trafficking. Again, that's the allegation to third parties. Now, call me old-fashioned, Steve, but isn't that a police matter? You're old-fashioned. Why would a government agency that is not a police agency, that doesn't have jurisdiction in the criminal world be able to level a, as it's say, quote-unquote, charge, and it's my word more than theirs, that relates to an obvious criminal offence that does not, in and of itself, possession and trafficking, lead to a doping or performance-enhancing scenario. Tell me I'm wrong, Steve. Leave the leave the police to do their job. SIA, don't overreach.
1: Look, all I can tell you is that a very short search because, frankly, I've got... Uh A little lost without our legal uh, wing of four and against uh, Simon John Johnson here. Trying to navigate the Sports Integrity Australia Amendment oiled Anti-Doping Code (laughs) Review Regulations of 2020. And you just started that when I started this little segment, didn't you? 90 seconds (laughs) worth. Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, trafficking appears in it. So it might be legislated that it's okay. And so your little mic drop moment might have just been a waste of old fashioned breath, but I appreciate where you're coming from. I appreciate your defense of, you know, old school law enforcement and you, I mean,
0: good for you. Good Thanks. for you, Paul. Thanks mate. And look, it was interesting seeing Brandon Jack uh, who briefly played for the Swans and younger brother of Kieran Jack, who people might be more familiar with. Uh, he, got some column inches in uh, the Fairfax papers and he said that cocaine and then this is off the back of the whole Joel Smith thing said that cocaine is everywhere in footy and basically said what do you expect and I'm inclined to agree with his premise Uh, and indeed he fessed up to using it including while playing so even at the squeaky clean swans this sort of carry on goes on what hope is there for everyone else uh, enhanced footy right there (laughs) that assumes that cocaine is performance enhancing which you know I don't know
1: yeah, well, you just said it's pervasive, so. That know. doesn't
0: mean it's performance enhancing, Steve. It doesn't mean it's performance enhancing. Uh, anyway, uh, interesting theme running through the show the enhancement <laughs> there or otherwise of athletes. I wonder if it can persist into. Red card, yellow card. Yes, red card, yellow card, where we nominate a misdemeanor of sports people or sporting types. Around the world, and depending on the severity, we nominate either a red card or yellow card as punishment. So there. Steve-O, what are you nominating for this particular show?
1: Look, this one, let's see how this one plays out. I'm going to nominate it up front. It's almost a preemptive red mm. card or yellow card nomination. Uh-huh. I am nominating the Manly football team Good start. Before they go to Vegas, for the record, we're recording this ah, yes. before you know whatever happens in Vegas happens in Vegas, which of course stays and in Vegas. Manly, who's over there, has said that they have banned the Seagull players hmm. from using Tinder <laughs> while they're in Vegas. Is is that all they're banned from? <laughs> is that a comprehensive list? I, I suspect there's more, uh. but that was that was enough. And they're just worried that there'll be people who might want to... Actually, I quote-unquote, I'll find it here, that people on Tinder can be, quote-unquote, crafty and will Ooh. try to put our boys into vulnerable positions. Man. At least that's what the manly team players, I think, are hoping for. But that's, you know... <laughs> Perhaps um, not managed. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's a classic. Geez, how do we deal with preemptive ones? I think, look, let's just go yellow because, I mean, that that sort of has the potential to spoil our fun. Surely the whole idea of red card, yellow – the whole idea of these tours is to feed and fuel this red card, yellow card segment. I suspect we might need to have a standalone red card, yellow card show after the rugby league comes home from from Vegas. Um, Look, mine's from the genteel world of equestrian. Now, never mind all these fancy outfits that they wear in competition, as if they've just stepped out of a you know rod and gun photo shoot or something, and about to go hunting. Uh, a three-time Olympian, Australian Olympian Shane Rose, has given equestrian, as far as I'm concerned, the kind of uh, <coughs> exposure that money can't buy by oh. by riding in a mankini at a fancy dress equestrian event called, grab this, the Wallaby Hill Extravaganza. ...in the southern highlands of New South Wales. Yes, so we have a three-time Olympian uh, poncing around on a horse in a mankini. Now, look, for mine, the only publicity is good publicity. And, look, to be honest, he's, he's sacrificed a bit of personal dignity for the good of the sport. I'm sure kiddies the country over will now be clamouring to get into a sport that has now unshackled itself... Uh, ...from the stuffy strictures of the, of the faux aristocracy of this country... Um, so, it was with some surprise, actually, that I read Kieran Perkins, uh, read of him wading into the supposed controversy. Um, and look, you know, just gave it a healthy puff of oxygen just as a, the media cycle algorithm was dropping it down the pecking order. But I suppose, as you'd expect from the CEO of the Australian Sports Commission, naturally, he wasn't happy. In fact, he was horrified, quote unquote, uh, reminding Olympians that they are role models without necessarily defining what a role model meant. Naturally, Shane didn't mean to offend anyone, quote unquote. Um, so look, I'm, I'm, I think I'm dishing out a yellow to both of them. That's what I want. A, a, can, can you make a dual nomination out of, the same, out of the same incident? Shane clearly for maybe having a bit of a brain fade, but hey, it's good, clean, you know, harmless fun. And Kieran for maybe giving it more oxygen than it really needed. It could have just died a quiet death. But um, yeah, I don't know. Yellow to both for mine.
1: Yeah, look, they were they were told to dress to ride in fancy dress. I believe he had to wear boots, though. So, I mean, that's probably the, you know, what the the real fashion faux pas was here.
0: <laughs> what the, They didn't match his Kenny. I didn't investigate that far. I just couldn't take my eye off that that bare pasty backside. And so, with that, uh, the conclusion of red card, yellow card. That brings us to the end of uh, what do we call for and against uh, here on <laughs> Diamond the Diamond you know, Television Network. Like exactly. Well, I almost went more than just a game, but that was a long time ago. Uh, so thank you once again for joining us here on For and Against. Uh, goodbye to you, Stephen Riley. See you, Paul. See you, everyone. It's goodbye from me, Paul Roach. Don't forget on Twitter at For and Against underscore on Insta for dot and dot against. But until next time, in about a fortnight's time, it's bye for now.